Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome to the AEW Dynamite Preview. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by the Dudley Boys of What Culture, Michael Hamlet and Michael Sidwick, here to look ahead to tonight's episode of AEW Dynamite. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts, where we not only review AEW Dynamite, but also AEW Rampage, Raw, SmackDown, NXT, Dubai, oh! pay-per-views, premium live events. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a round of the week complete with a bloody good quiz, of course, on WrestleCulture. As I said, they're joined by Hamlet and Sidrick to look ahead to AEW Dynamite tonight. And a bloody stacked show, Sidge. It is a stacked show, but it's also strategically stacked. What I mean by that is they've got a match that I think will be incredibly fun, and it will do a number given the various players involved, and yet it still feels like business to settle ahead of a proper pay-per-view build. I think that... Mixed tag, it won't be intergender, so we'll call it mixed tag. It's such a delightful idea. It takes the, it puts the fun back into something I'm a little bit worn out by with an added dynamic. I think they'll have so much fun laying it out. I expect Mm. that fun to be really, really contagious. And the rest of the show looks um, interesting insofar as there's something I'm keeping a close eye on because I think it really needs to deliver. Um, There's a new act that I'm really high on the prospect of being showcased, like, despite last week's dire dynamite, I'm pretty up for this one. Yeah, um, marked, of course, hampered by the return of one of the most important people in AEW history, and John Moxley's back as well. Very good, very, very good. Uh, look, it was a hectic week. Let's let's start this week of AEW coverage the way we want to continue, because it was a bit of a hectic one last week, wasn't it? AEW in the module! <laughs> <laughs> a lot of that. Um, I, like, a very, very emotional comeback. Tonight and John Moxley, um, <laughs> legitimately huge. I, I, I worry that we tip to too close, trivializing it. It's going to be like really evocative yeah. television. We've got precedent. AEW are going to do an amazing job of this. But the card itself, box office mixed tag matches with really significant angle implications. What could possibly go wrong? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to dive straight into this Moxley thing, yes. Sige, because I've got some fantasy booking. I'm t- I've tweeted this, but the Wilborn mega fans will forgive me. Piss off because <laughs> such a complete wanker sometimes. <laughs> like, does this bit where he talks about, oh, AW's in the mud? It's another good one. It's all, it's never a good one. <laughs> <laughs> so, what if tonight, as you mentioned, a very emotional, really exciting, fantastic seeing back, um, and that he's he's feeling well enough to return? We always wished him well in his recovery, and of course, he's taken 
time off from uh, AEW to, to to go to rehab, et cetera, et cetera. But, and tell me if I've crossed the line into Bully Ray territory here, what if one of two things happens? Either they say, ladies and gentlemen, the return you've always wanted, he's here, it's Cody Rhodes, or Moxley does return and in the middle of his you know, lovely return speech gets cut off by the return of Cody Rhodes. Just think of the heat. I don't think anything like that's going to happen. The most wonderful thing about being allowed for over two plus years of generally broadly excellent television and I know AEW has signed people that I do not want them to sign. Mm-hmm. I know AEW has not um, transparently disclosed allegations against some of its independent contractors. I know that it's in fantasy land, deluded chat to say that, oh, it's the babyface company. They do everything great. But they've done a lot of really, really nice things that are so removed from the way that pro wrestling used to handle these sorts of things yeah. that I've got no doubt whatsoever that they might set up an angle. They absolutely might set up an angle. They might do a simple, I'm back and I'm ready to kick someone's ass next week. Let the nice vibe sink in. Um, But the really nice thing about this company generating and earning trust over the span of two plus years is that you kind of know that once they became aware that John Moxley did have a problem of his own admission, I would like to think, and I firmly believe in fact, that they would not rush him back no. Oh, well, we need your star power. It's like, oh, and like they'll take one look at him and think, oh, is he doing that well? I think he's fine. I'd like to believe that he's really, really fine. He's back. He's strong. elsewhere. Yeah. It's a long road. It's an incredibly long road. Like, as someone who used to be addicted to things before, you never really lose it. Yeah, you never lose it. You can always go off. Really bad day or a bad spell. You think, oh, Jesus Christ, I can really murder something. Um, so I'm not saying, oh, it's back and AEW kind of did it. I mean, I'm not a complete dickhead mark, but you'd like to think he's in a far better position and you can enjoy it on those terms. And in terms of what he does, I don't care. It's kind of impossible to bring him back as a as a heel because that's what obviously we felt like his direction was going. Uh, Danielson kind of took his place in the whole Hangman Page feud. But, you know, regardless of what happened before he left, murdering members of the Dark Order to make a 10, for example, on the way out. Yeah, I don't think he's going to return full heel, but at the same time, it's John Moxley. We love him as a badass. He's played tweener before in AEW, even though I hate that word, but being John Moxley, he really got it over for me anyway. Um, I don't know what he does. I don't even want to speculate because you run the risk of, as you said, the Buddy Ray thing, like, I'll have Danielson come out. I'd love to see Moxley as Danielson, but, you know, I can wait a week. I just want to give a nice, somewhat candid update Nice motivational message. I just want to... It'll be nice to see him, to see him nice. Mm. Very good. Great to see him, but you did also predict in the office that we may well see something that leads to something on Friday night off on this show. Yeah, I have a feeling they'll book something for Rampage here, um, if only because he's headlining the uh, the GCW Hammerstein Ballroom show at the weekend. I do wonder if the fact that he obviously wanted to do that and GCW were able to put it together has maybe expedited the announced return of him. In AEW, it's it's an AEW wrestler first and foremost. So I could understand them wanting to sort of promote this as get their thing out of it before GCW get theirs. You know, it's independent adjacent stuff, isn't it? Um, so I do sense that they'll book a match on for Rampage. Obviously, interruptions was one of the words of the week last week in terms of what there was a little bit too much of. But one of the great things about Moxley is, is that he could deliver a CM Punk on Rampage style missive that runs through a commercial break and like hits all these incredible points about the reality of what he's been through and how he got there in the first place and what he wants to be in the future. Equally, 
for a guy that's wrote a best-selling book, he could be the guy that just wants to keep his words short and succinct and powerful, which, like, you really, Moxley can do both. Mm -hmm. You know, we all remember those awesome vignettes he did during the pandemic or the sometimes 30 seconds of dynamite he was given that he would often steal the show just backstage screaming down a lens. I could well see him not wanting to be the guy that puts himself on any kind of platform or pedestal for this, even though we all want to put him on one. Mm -hmm. And he just comes out and says, like, look, it is great to be back. This is where I want to be. Um, but as much as I want to be here, as you all saw before I went away, I also want to be getting home to my wife and to my kid. So anybody that wants to try me, don't expect to be here for a long time. Almost inviting the interruption. And in terms of what you build for Rampage, I would say keep it fairly light and keep it fairly trivial. And I can't think of anybody better than 2.0 yes. to come out and say, Oh, tough guy, huh? Oh, tough guy, Mask come back. Thinks he wants to chew all over it. And then, Guess who's been holding this place down whilst you've been away, huh? Is he Tony DeAndre? I don't know. Still, <laughs> still spinning off, like, the last vestiges of the Eddie Kingston rivalry that started, if you remember, because they had a dig at John Moxley. You have Kingston and Moxley just batter them on Rampage's advertisers, Moxley's return to in-ring action on Rampage. It'll get a number. It was always a draw. The match is an open and shut result, but it doesn't really matter. And it ties ties every loose end up because it begat, like, ultimately, they had a pretty nasty dig game to kick off the Uder Kingston. So if nothing else, mm -hmm. you probably thought, do you think I wasn't watching? You pieces of shit. Like, I'm going to drill your heads into the floor. You might even get one paradigm shift tonight on one of them yeah. just to set the match up and that's the extent of the physicality an interruption that feels earned because it actually ties to something from the past and then Daniel Gossett can get involved and Chris Jericho can make the save because that's what we want to see uh, right let's talk about Cody Rhodes oh. Hamflirts uh, he's back tonight as well slightly overshadowed by John Moxley's return now Rightfully so, but I love the Cody Rhodes stuff. I love it. There's an article on the website where I had a bit of fun with it that you can find at whatclutch.com forward slash WWE, um, where this might be my favorite weird Codyverse choice yet. I thought winning the TNT title was his masterstroke because him having a belt would be a pretty cool way to lord his power over because in kayfabe terms, having a belt is power, whereas previously it was a, it, running a little bit too close to abusive authority. Now he's, he's a champion. We were all... Um, confused by the need for an interim champion for a guy that was going to be off work six days. This now feels inspired. Cody Rhodes is yet again, and, you know, there are times when I'm loath to give Cody credit for doing Cody things, but this is one of the Cody things that I like. He yet again finds the path none of us all see and then leads us to walk down it with him. You know, the all of us would have assumed that the EVPs, yes, the contracts are going to come up, but you would assume they were going to re-sign for like at least the first 10 years, let's say, of EW's existence before this would even be a conversation. And Cody has thought, let's have this conversation right now because nobody's going to see it coming. And we're having it, and he's made it happen. Really, really great. I have a slight worry that all of this stuff is going to be a little bit too on the nose in the contents of his promo. Like, I don't want to hear him talk about talking about them guys up north or wrestling has more than one Royal Rumble family like <laughs> we, we get it we get what all this is about it's all the fun is in the implication all the fun is in the tacit stuff rather than the overt stuff we see cody's arrival in the back he comes off his bus he walks through and he says hey cockabana how you doing <laughs> i want jim ross to say he doesn't even work here <laughs> yes. like there's a lot of cool stuff you can do with this cody's not cool and i think a lot of the time he owns that but i, I really hope he does tonight the, the trick is not to be cool the trick is to almost feel like he's kind of holding a title hostage and to make the interim title feud of Sammy Guevara feel like it's it's putting AEW's prestige at risk 
because a guy working without a contract might suddenly have a title and it makes Cody more of a wild card than he's previously been. Do you know what I mean? I, mm. I think this honestly solidifies an angle that was spiraling all over the shop, like yeah. a shower head in a Giles Corrin like work of fiction. <laughs> like it's just this is potentially like gonna tighten a lot of stuff up that desperately needed it. Not cool. Someone's not seen his t- neck tattoo, has he? Uh right, what do you <laughs> what do you reckon, Sidge? I'll be astonished if Obviously, he's going to riff on the rumours, which they themselves might have manufactured almost. Um, my prediction, the Cody Rhodes predictor, oh, hello. <laughs> is that not rolled up because there's connotations there. You absolutely don't want to use that for heat. A folded up bit of paper where you can just see the, f- the top centimetre or so of AEW letterhead in front of the camera. It's going to carry it to the ring. And before getting the microphone, he's just going to put it back in one of those nice suit jackets that he has. Just, you know, leave it open to interpretation. He's He can do some on-the-nose symbolism, can uh, Cody Rhodes. After which, he'll cut a promo, and uh, Sammy Guevara will, and I will lose any kind of bet you want to offer me. Use the word, sure, or I don't give a shit if you work here or not. I'm taking that title off you. Yeah. Sammy Guevara will 100% interrupt Cody Rhodes' promo. He will 100% say something to the effect of, I don't give a sh- if you work here or not. All I care about is that title. I don't give a shit about taking it home. All I give a shit about is putting it around my waist. Do you even give a shit about AEW anymore? Or do you want to? Do you have more of a shit about WWE? This is all Sammy Guevara can say. And for those reasons alone, right, I kind of want Cody to take the belt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't think Guevara has leveled up, frankly, as TNT champion, which is a huge shame because I've been putting the guy over on these podcasts for two years. Um... I think the inner circle um, breakup, not breakup, face turn, sorry, has only worked in the fact that people really want to see Santana and Ortiz do something. Um, I think Jericho has alienated a lot of people. I think Guevara was more interesting as a heel. I just think Cody Rhodes will suggest that he's not going to sign a contract. Simon Guevara will claim that he doesn't care. I don't care (laughs) if you don't sign a contract. (laughs) And they'll set up the match maybe for Rampage. It's a live one on Friday. Oh, is it? Live one on Friday. Um, And I suspect they'll run that match as quickly as possible because it'll allow them to more quickly revert to whatever the original plans were because a lot of plans have been scuppered by the Rona Mm -hmm. and just general things of late. Um, And I expect them to try and just dial everything back in and make it as tight as possible. Do you know what I'd really like tonight as an add-on to that as well? is if instead of the um, entrance through the middle, he has no choice but to just walk down the side of the ramp. You know, and a wrestler just appears from the side of the ramp in between the barrier and the ramp and the crowd. Like he just, no, I'm not saying he walks through the crowd like some sort of vigilante, but he has to come at the ring like that because the guy that doesn't work there isn't going to get a special entrance, is it? Like, give me, that sense of rea- give me that sense of realism that he hasn't stood there in his like platform, wherever it is that he goes, waiting for the music to start, waiting for all that sort of thing. Um, or if you absolutely have to do that, like, make mention of it. Say, like, uh, they want me to stay enough that they wouldn't give me my big entrance even though I don't work here anymore. Do so- That is so overblown, and that has at times played into his character so well. Use what we know or don't know about his current situation. Have, have some fun with it. Like, your point, Cedric, about the no entrance music run-ins. Yes. That exists because pro wrestling chases the cheap pops. This is all very different. There's an easy way to grasp at some at the reality that this, like I'm assuming they're going to want to play with the reality. So why not like add a production choice like that as well? 
Uh, you mentioned belts and titles and potential new champions there. Just a quick plug that myself, Sidgwick, and Andy Murray yesterday did a podcast all about the next title winners uh, across all the belts in AEW. Well worth a listen to that, What Culture Wrestling, wherever you get your podcast from. And YouTube. And YouTube, yes. Um, it's a bit of a so shame. Just to Von Wagner. Come, YouTube. Come, YouTube. <laughs> it's a bit of a shame we've got these. Ding, ding, done. <laughs> <laughs> We've got these two returns tonight because they are going to be completely overshadowed, Michael Sidgwick, when Sean Spears beats CM Punk. Sean Spears is the other guy in the office. Yeah. We are the tastemakers of Sean Spears, right? We love Sean Spears. Spotted it months ago as well. Spotted it months ago. Yeah. Who was it that he just like was like, yeah, 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 look at this. Did the titty dance? He's so proud. I was like, this guy knows his role at this point and it's awesome. I'm going to do the bad news, good news thing so you can get hyped about it. Legitimately, I think there's a lot riding on this match being a bit of a runaway success. Like, they need to absolutely nail this. And it's a hard one to nail. Do you pretend that Sean Spears could beat CM Punk? It furthers the idea that MGF's younger, sharper, and CM Punk spent too long away, with the idea being that it's all part of CM Punk's long, 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 long-term story. So I do expect this to get, like, 10, 12 minutes. But does CM Punk... And does CM Punk raise Sean Spears to that main event level? Or as it's been... I've loved CM Punk for an AEW so far. I don't know how much I would watch it back week by week because QT Marshall match was just two and a half stars. Mm. The Moriarty one was just weirdly off. Like, if this isn't good, and if this is a gentleman's three, how much is the Wardlow push going to suffer? Because mm -hmm. Sean Spears is going to lose credit and loses um, cachet in the bank when he's going to be a key architect. He's going to be instrumental, theoretically, in getting Wardlow over. I've loved the little nuances of CM Punk's work, the Bret Hart tributes, just the moments of struggle, the idea that he's wrestling without once chasing a star rating. I think it's incredibly refreshing, but that style of wrestling isn't necessarily going to get, like, booming arena ovations. I think it's very intricate. I think mm -hmm. it's very subtle. I think it's really cool. But at the same time, he kind of needs a big, noisy, big match, I think, at this point to CM Punk. Um, can this combination of wrestlers, given the perception towards Sean, Spe Sean Spears, which we don't share because we think he's really cool, this might fail, and I'm worried it might fail. I think Sean Spears gave us a clue as to how this is going to be structured in his promo on Rampage, he said, and I wish I could remember the line, but it was either something like, uh, like I don't play by the rules of society or whatever the line is, but if I see it, I just have to cross it. I yeah, like, I, you don't, know I don't I mean? know like, the yeah. line. I've, I've, I can barely see it once I've passed it. So That's I think. it, yeah. I think as CM Punk says, it's clobbering time, wallop, chair at the back, straight away. Chair, 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 right the way down the aisle. So CM Punk is wrestling the entire match. The then the bell rings. CM Punk does the old... Just about gets up enough, groggy, ring the bell, you know, like, so he's wrestling the entire match on the defensive. You only need six or seven minutes of CM Punk selling, Sean Spears not being able to put him away because it's not about, just about age. As you pointed out, it's about something more. CM Punk's proven already in this feud with MJF that he's got the mind for this and he's got enough of the body of this, even if MJF is also, like, one of wrestling's new great thinkers and is only in his 20s and all that. This is going to be yet another exhibition of Punk proving that he's got all the tools to beat MJF because this was MJF's grand plan for Spears and Spears was more than happy to enact it because it's how he likes it. I think the Wardlow element could be interesting. I don't know if it's just too easy to have Wardlow knowingly allow himself to be thrown out. He 
get the referee doing the big windmill arms and send him packing, but Wardlow with a little bit of a sneer as he walks. You well, know, he's already like, on his way before he, it even happens. Uh, his facials in the Sean Spears promo on Rampage were exceptional. He's awesome. Not just the way that they framed it in him over the shoulder, but that thumbs up pursed lip when Sean Spears like, we got him big man. He's like, mm, yeah, like it, it, just impeccable. Like he is, I don't want to say he's growing into it because there's been elements of this with MJF the whole time, but he's really dialed it up in an extremely satisfying way. The way that has made this angle be like I said it on the Rampage Reese, so I'm repeating myself, but like who would have foresaw CM Punk MJF being a Trojan horse for the Wardlow turn? <laughs> like AW's still the best at this, even in bad weeks. So like, I don't quite know if that'll come across as a bit too obvious if that's what they do. But yeah, I, I don't need much more than Sean Spears holding an advantage for five or six minutes before Punk gets the win. It's all about both angles being preserved. Yeah. Well, I was going to ask there, and I don't think necessarily this is going to happen, but is what what percentage chance would you give that we have a back and forth match, but there has been an instruction. If it looks like Sean Spears is going to lose, Wardlow go in and chin him, and we'll you know flip what Punk did to to MJF, but then Wardlow maybe gets a bit carried away and power bombs Sean Spears about four times. Do you think that any likelihood of that happening? I like that a great deal. Actually, the I did think I thought that one power bomb cost me the match. Yeah, like and the the cool thing about the Sean Dean DQ was that it was perfect for the count out tease the following week. You were going to buy that CM Punk's going to get counted out because you had a, like, th- are they going to do this? Are they going to use all the finishes that AEW never go to for the benefit of this angle? So I do really like that. And again, it's a, it's a, it's the plausible deniability. We always talk about it, don't we? It's like, how can Wardlow theoretically get away with absolutely battering Sean Spears? I was just doing what you told me to do, just boss. making sure we got the DU. MJF would be particularly great at that because he wouldn't really care. He's yeah. Like, Oh, never mind. And they just leave, they scrape <laughs> him up and cut. Like, Wardlow's forced to carry him to the back or something like that. Uh, yeah, this angle is hot. Um, it's the hottest thing AEW have got. I have no fear. Like, they'll, they've just looked after this. Even when some of the dynamites haven't hit, they've really, really looked after this. So I have no worries um, about where it's going. The one thing I will say, uh, the match, the, I think the singles match does have to happen on dynamite before Revolution because it's getting a little bit... Where's the pro wrestling in this? Where's the men fighting for rankings points or stopping people getting for belts? Where's the, like... Well, CM Punk did get him disqualified intentionally with the idea being that if he's not going to wrestle me, well, I'll just beat him to the title, which is going to piss him off. And so, so we should kind of be arriving at the match, shouldn't we? Otherwise, like the, the peacocking stuff, I think it's going to start to feel a bit sports entertainment if there isn't a destination I suddenly appears. I have the opposite opinion to that. Hmm. Oh, that's bad. <laughs> that's what the podcast is for. Mm-hmm. Because originally they were essentially having a war of words on Twitter in the middle of a wrestling ring. Mm. And now that the idea is, well, if you're not going to wrestle me, we'll just have to have a chase to the title because that's what we both want. And maybe yeah. I'm going to completely screw you. So I like how it's been folded into wins and losses mattering and their individual pursuits and how they're going to undermine it. So I actually really like that element. Just on the world little thing before we move on. Yeah, will he turn Sean Spears into the wheelchair, man? I don't think so. <laughs> Um, I want because to because Wardlow's from Cleveland, Ohio. Oh, they are running Cleveland, Ohio next week. So I think tonight is the night for one last foreshadowing the turn. They need to communicate subtly that you're all but going to see the babyface turn next week without running a ticker tape graphic <laughs> on, in the lower third of the TV screen. One major moment of foreshadowing, whether he costs Spears the match inadvertently and just kind of shrugs and walks out. 
something like that, but you're going to get a Powerbomb Symphony on Spears next week, or they could even do the match next week and get the hero's reaction as a face. There's, there's loads to be interested in here, but I do think that. I love Hamlet's idea of the clobbering time, boom, chair, and it's a very story-driven match. Um, but I just think given that Sean Spears is going to be instrumental in getting Wardlow over, I think like it, it needs to be a bit of a bang at this. MJF could say, so, like he could... For those that, like, because I didn't know that until you mentioned it, either, it, well, both that Wardlow was from there and that Dynamite was there. But imagine MJF in a promo saying something like, I was going to make you wrestle CM Punk again next week, but uh, those schmucks in your hometown don't deserve to see you don the gear or something like that. Yeah. And then you've put over the fact that not only are they there, it's Wardlow's hometown, yeah. and you've planted that last little seed that the crowd are going to be wild for him next week. Yeah. Next week, Punk, you're getting the match you wanted. It's CM Punk versus Max... Caster of the acclaim. <laughs> hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Right, let's talk about this uh, mixed tag match then. Adam Cole and Britt Baker teaming against Orange Cassidy and Chris Statlander. You mentioned in the intro, Sid, you can't wait for this one. I can't wait for this one. I think they are going to have so much fun arranging it. I think that um, Orange Cassidy is going to really have some creative ideas to make this sing. If you recall, all out, the only time Orange Cassidy, apart from when he's fired up in various matches, the only time he's shown real emotion when he isn't on the comeback of select matches is when he really wanted Chris Statlander to win and get back in the ring. If they can like mimic that spot, that would be fantastic. Yeah, I forgot about that. There's just loads of fun they can have with the various dynamics and the way that they interact with each other. Like At the same show, All Out, Dr. Britt Baker did the Panama Sunrise. If they do stereo ones off the top rope, people would pop for the idea of them doing it together. And then if you notice... They've both got stunning reversals, them being Statlander and Cassidy to counter it because Cassidy's got the beach break. And um, what's Statlander's finish? Uh, it's like the... It's like a horrible looking... Well, great, but nasty looking pile driver. I forget mm. the actual name. But she could 
manoeuvre Baker into that from a Panama sunrise just by switching her around at the same time as Cassidy does the beach break. That been electrifying the fall. I just want to see Chris Statlander do that. What was it called? Sp- a spider somewhere? Oh, that was she amazing. She went on Penelope Ford in half. Oh, my yeah, yeah, More of that, please. To Adam Cole. Yeah, to Adam Cole. <laughs> Boop him on the nose, then do that to him. So that's my big fantasy booking spot. The teased stereo Panama sunrise into those... Head drop reversals. No, Adam Cole, at this point, you'll kick out. <laughs> but you'll forgive him because he's so pretty, and it'll be yeah. an electrifying bit of noise and all the rest of it. Um, I don't know who goes over. Um, Cole and Baker obviously go over. I don't know if it's going to be too much bollocks tacked onto it. I suspect there will be. But, you know, if it's carefully measured throughout the show where there isn't as much, these things are allowed. It's pro wrestling. You just can't do too much in excess. I suspect it'll be the end of the Cole versus Cassidy thing after that. Potentially do a Statlander versus Baker. Statlander's the one who gets screwed and Baker takes the fall. It's a little filler thing, but for presumably Thunder Rosa versus Revolution. But I'm expecting to watch this and just purr and smile at like the, the sheer joy and invention. Yeah, I, it's it feels like feels like a money offering for AW, and there's not been enough for them on Dynamite. Like yes, I don't think the results in any doubt, and we can all assume that Adam Cole and uh, Britt Baker are, are going to win. This isn't like when we've had Adam Cole versus, well, pretty much everybody that he's faced so far. There, there is an unpredictable element in a different way. It's what you're potentially going to see out of the match. It's whether or not they're going to leave something for a Statlander-Baker rematch one last time. Um, it's spots that... So for tonight, for the first time in ages, I'm excited to see Orange Cassidy interact with somebody again. Yes. Because they'd exploited all that. Britt Baker's brand new. She's going to get her shins very lightly grazed. And we're going to get to see Britt Baker sell that. Or we're going to get to see him stood between uh, Jamie Hayter and Rebel Not Rebel, Rebel Not Rebel, doing one kick at a time to each of those. And new people that can sell Orange Cassidy's weirdness that we never would have been permitted to imagine would have entered his orbit. So I'm excited for that all over again. Really nice um, early dynamite, wow, this is the new wrestling world arrangement to this match. I have no fear about the quality of the work, but just how much fun there's that like we've said that a lot about this match and maybe that's something that's been missing about the vibe in AW in general lately. There's a lot of fun to this. I would like the um desperately so, and especially after last week, I would love them to not be tempted into this breaking down into elite best friends guff. Mm-hmm. Um we had I understood the arrangement of the stables on the floor for the Rampage singles match because in a way it kind of served as a sales pitch for this match we're talking about now anyway. But that feud feels ancient mm. and we need less run-ins and interruptions and diversions. So I think that would just be a a great clap back to that specific criticism if you do keep the with the exception of Rebel and Jamie Hater, keep the stables away and keep this two on two. Well, after that uh, genuine, valid discussion of it, time for some fun spots for me to pitch that are absolutely preposterous. Uh, number one, uh, Jamie Hayter trucks Chuck Taylor, please. That'd be an interesting spot to <laughs> see. Uh, and just want to just come off of the top of my head, because I love both of the ways you guys have booked that. Uh, all I was thinking was like, all right, well, what do they do? You know, Orange Cassidy, you've mentioned all those things that you do. I don't know how or why th- this would happen, but what if Britt Baker goes to do her DMD, and if she goes to do the second D, Statlander catches her hand and forces her to boop her own nose. Oh, fantastic. I like that. Yeah. So good. Uh, so that's probably thing, one of the things you're most looking forward to tonight, Michael. So do you think that's fair to say? One of the things you're most looking forward to tonight, Michael Hamflet, apologies if your name is Sky Blue, is Serena Deeb wrecking her. Oh, I, I, yeah. I want to see a murder tonight. I want to see an extended version of the run-in chop block on 
um, Hikaru Shida. This is booking. This is um, Serena Deeb not disappearing for a month at a time because over characters should feature the following week if they're getting over. Adam Cole wouldn't do something awesome and then just be disappeared from Dynamite for a month at a time. So this is allowing you to see the Serena Deeb character fleshed out further, allowing you to realise that the fifth match with Takara Shida is on the way. Lights out. Like, let's make it lights out. Um, give them a Dynamite main event or put them as the third woman's singles match on a Revolution card, something like that. And this is how you build heat for an awesome heel in the meantime. Um, Sky Blue is going to get one hope spot if she's even lucky enough to get it. And the sheer fury that you'll see slapped across Serena Deeb's face and the punishment that she'll enact for that is going to be tremendous. That smashing of Sheeda's knee last week was like ghoulish in a way that I don't even think your fiends and your Alistair Blacks can pull off with their magic. It was proper wrestling fear that she was trying to instill in everybody else with just how cruel she was. And now she's lined up against this kindly jobber that's going to be fed to her. I, I This doesn't need to go long to be perfect. It's not going to go long at all. Part of that is because they are positioning this Serena Deeb character in a specific way. Part of it is because there's six matches on the card and, you know, the women's yeah. one can go a bit shorter. So there's probably a little bit of a sinister element to it as well. But, you know... There's plenty of blokes, squash matches, so I guess it's a bit of parity. And Serena Deeb, I don't think, has to dissect a novice like this. You might get one hope spot, but that in itself might piss Serena Deeb off all the more. Mm. And if you can add yet more like energy and electricity to those chop blocks, all the better. So I would have a hope spot just to watch it die that little bit more. <laughs> <laughs> Apologies again, Sky Blue. Sorry about your leg, but it's about to get ripped Sorry off. about your damn leg. <laughs> Uh, we've also got the acclaimed Castor and Bowens taking on Sting and Darby Allen. Um, I'm not sure. Do we get a chance to get your thoughts on the viral music video that the acclaimed? <laughs> I thought it was class. It's really good. I thought it was absolutely class. It's the best thing acclaimed have done for a while. Um, coffin drop into the snow angel. The coffin drop into the snow angel was great. It was quite. It was genuinely well wrapped. I've got minimal technical knowledge of rapping. I do, and uh, I can tell you, it was well wrapped. Yeah. Well, what's the word you would use to describe it? Fire. You're white. <laughs> um, yeah. Max Caster, when they did the jackass thing, if you notice Max Caster's face after they did it, he was like genuinely chuffed. <laughs> and it was like, I like that any kind of normal human behavior is great. And just before he launched into the first bar, is it? I think that's... Let I me mean, just check, man. Yeah, that he is did the old uh, uh, fanny tongue lip gesture. <laughs> Go back and watch it, right? When he sat on the hood of the car and he's just Listen. about to do his first thing. Listen, uh, he goes, uh... He's, he's funny, Max Caster. Sometimes he's not, but when he is, he is. Um, this match is fun little business before we get to Darby Allen versus Andrade, which should be... The business transaction. It should be like a match in which two people work over each other's brain tissue. It should be fabulous as a result. There's two bits of fun on this show. I'm worried there's going to be a little bit too much wacky fun. How's Matt Hardy factoring into the Andrade? Oh, oh man, you've ruined it. it. Yeah, the, so this, right? Because this should be really fun. Because Darby Allen and Andrade is the end game, and that match is... Where's the heat? It's, <laughs> it's brand new. Um, it's another one of them cases where somebody has come in, that are, like a lot of people have forecast a ton of dream matches, and it's not yet really come to pass. But Darby Allen and Andrade feels like something they want to get onto the Revolution card, whether or not either man particularly earned it lately, is neither here nor there. It's certainly a graphic becoming of AEW's wrestling buffet. This match, to me, and kind of, with the exception of the video, 
the angle that's got us here and the other extra stuff from at Hardy feels like at Revolution when we're going to be talking about, remember that really sludgy period for AEW? Mm. It's like the last bit of that. They'll do this this week. Andrade will feature at the end because he still wishes to buy that boy. Um, and then we can finally get on to building, like get to the point of the of the meat of all this, which is an Andrade Derby on a match, which of course has like interest to it. It absolutely does. I know the rankings have reset, but it's all a complete work. It's not made up as they go along, but it's fluid enough that they can use it to their narrative convenience where, ah, oh, you know, it's still got a historical great record. We can't scrub that. Like Sting and Darby Allen have won a fair few amount of tag team title matches. Mm. My pitch, a little bit of a spoiler for the uh, the aforementioned Every New Champion Predicted podcast, is that I kind of want House of Black. I've got a new toy. I like Tony oh. Khan with a new toy. I think they could be a great unit. House of Black versus Sting and Darby Allen. Not only would it be great, not only would it aesthetically look incredibly cool, but can you imagine, right? the people who love goth stuff and, like, metal stuff, looking at that match graphic. Like, anyone who ever loved The Undertaker and still watches The Fed will just... That's the way... To, <laughs> that match graphic is the yeah. way to get the last holdout WWE fans. Um, Mally Black we'll get the gush Mally if Black they see no that match graphic. Doing, like, comp- competing videos beforehand in, in the most black and white bits. Every... The match is great, though. The match is a hell of a pitch. So I think it's a great match. Imagine Brody King and uh, Malachi Black doing that toss powerbomb thing to Sting. Yeah. Oh, that's my sort of booking now. <laughs> and then he comes back with a coffin drop. Uh, Sting and Darby Allen to win, though, yes. They're, yeah. They're playing matches. Yeah, yeah. Uh, right, FTR, Lee Johnson and Brock Anderson. We almost forgot about this match tonight. Uh, call me Pete Dunne because I don't care about any of this. Um, FTR probably have had a bit too much stick really, for the bulk of their AEW, and there's probably better stuff there that they've maybe not been given enough credit for. They've been awesome since the Lucha Brothers stuff finished. It could be telling in and of itself, couldn't it? So they'll really want this to go well for their opponents, for their respective managers, for themselves and their ego and the things that they love about wrestling. They'll desperately want this to go well. So I think this will be... Um, you know, this used to get a lot of criticism, and in hindsight, I don't think it's such a bad thing. But one of the things with ta- old takeovers was that it was a lot, sometimes a bit of a criticism against some of the matches was, I but they like rehearsed it beat for beat in the performance center beforehand. And I would always apply the Randy Savage metric to that. I'd be like, I and they knew that the fans would go wild. Those, that in itself is a kind of version of wrestling genius. I kind of think that'll happen here. Like, Brock Anderson is mega, mega green. He's far from boring, but he's mega, mega green. Um, and I just think that, you know, FTR have got so much... Pretty close to it. Yeah. Like, but he's got so... <laughs> they've got so much reverence for the Andersons and what that name means and all that sort of stuff that I would be very surprised if they haven't been in a ring going through almost all of this and just telling them that this is going to work. And you've got Arn and Tully there that'll kind of, like, fill in a few gaps and say, yeah, we know that's that's heat. That'll definitely work. That'll definitely work. This body part bit will go great. We'll get a hot closing sequence. FTR will win. But, you'll, you know, the baby face will get a bit of a hope spot. And then Tully and Arn can just neck on and be done with it. Would you say Brock Anderson's so green you could probably call him Broccoli Anderson? <laughs> you definitely would. You definitely said. would. <laughs> you absolutely one million percent would. Um, look, he's been on it once. I've seen him, not twice. Mm. He's not really struck me either way. I think mechanically sound. <laughs> the worst thing you could possibly say about a wrestler. But you know, they've given us now else to say. Lee Johnson in contrast. In the, in, the, uh, in the back. Dad, they're talking about me. <laughs> it's like, Brock Anderson looks like a great wrestler, and that wrestler is Arn Anderson. <laughs> Lee Johnson, however, yes. I think is mm. great. Much missed. Much missed. Much missed. Right. I think they should have done way more with him. Um, 
He was class in the match against Miro. Yeah. He was amazing. It was Cody and Lee Johnson versus... That was awesome when uh, Johnson had lost faith in Cody. Yes. And he just took the match. Who was that against? That was wicked. I'll do Google. It was Seidel and... Dante Martin when they were still teaming. Yeah, must have been. And Lee Johnson was incredible in that match, I thought. So I've got high hopes for this. Um, It's not the kind of thing where I'm buzzing fantasy booking spots and all the rest of it, but I do think it'll come together really quite nicely on the the night. What's Wilborn's got a bug eyes? I'm sorry. What have you Googled? Don't Google Cody Lee Johnson, because there's a person called Cody Lee Johnson uh, who got pushed off a cliff. So there you go, that's that. Everybody's going to Google that. Right. He teamed with... (laughs) With Lee Johnson. I can't remember. I can't find out which, which one it was. I think you're right. Yes, it was Dante Martin and Matt Sidal. And it was excellent. It was yes. a really nice story match and an action match at the same time. So I think Lee Johnson could work fabulously against FTR. They are the, he's the exact sort of opponent they love working because he complements their style and how to work dynamically against them. Oh, I'm not doing cartwheels over it. like. And it like it was set up. Pathetically. Yes. Absolutely. Like, the lazy. One of 18 interruptions last week. Aye. Yeah. So they haven't, they haven't like begged for your investment, which might actually help the match because it'll measure expectations, won't it? Just a quick word on, on last week. I, I promise this is the last time we'll talk about it. I'm going to put eight lists out of it, so I doubt <laughs> it. But do you think last week will affect this week's ratings too much? Or do you think it will almost swing the opposite way now with the announcements of Cody and Moxley's return? Um, yeah, this will get a strong rating this week. I suspect that, um, I've, I've said, like, Orange Cassidy is a low-key yeah. needle mover. Britt Baker is a high-key, major-key needle mover. And Adam Cole actually contrived to move the needle in NXT. Yeah. So I think and that match is a draw. That match is a That's draw. super interesting. Right. Uh, the return of Moxie will get something as well. Apparently, the lead-in strength of Big Bang Theory is a really encouraging indicator of a strong ratings pattern to come. Obviously, they're building the revolution. I think this will get a, a good rating. Last week was a good rating as well, at least in so far as the uh, demo. But oh, it's it's weird curse. They deliver a rubbish show and get a great rating for it. And this has happened a bizarre amount <laughs> of times. Uh, very surreal to be saying this. So excited to see what the House of Black does this week. I have not been a fan of this for I think it's fair to say months. Like, I loved Malachi Black when he first arrived and destroyed Cody. And then, oh, he didn't he didn't win, but he, he changed Cody. And that, it went off the rails for me at that point. He did the bloody teleportation thing with the Lucha Bros the other week. And I was like, what's going on here? And then Brody King showed up last week. And I was like, oh, love this. What are the House of Black going to do to the Varsity Blondes tonight, Sige? Kill them quickly and ideally hilariously. Like, I kind of want Brian Pillman to do one of his... Uh, if I'm him, right, I wouldn't do a trademark. I'm going to look like a tit and get, like, a cruel <laughs> pop because, like, Terry Funk, who's a wrestling genius, obviously, wrestling legend, has a quote attributed to him, right, and it's very, very good. Don't get too good at doing jobs because it's so valuable. It is so valuable for any promoter. It's like, can you make someone look great? Great, well, that's all you're going to do because I've obviously got my guys. And uh, Brian Pillman is getting a little bit too good at looking like a tit. <laughs> like he's people like it when he doesn't know whether to sell mist. People like it when he falls off the ropes. He's in danger of becoming a kind of a meme figure of fun, which kind of sucks for him because he's going to be made to look like one tonight. I suspect. Uh, in terms of the ratio of offense, 
the old Saturn special. I think that's the most important ratio of offense, right? <laughs> I like expected goals of pro wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe one hopes popping at the same time. Like because they do quite like varsity blondes, but the one of the problems with AEW is that they quite like everyone. Um I don't think they should quite like Varsity Blondes tonight. Maybe Garrison can get a hope spot because there's something in him in which I've not seen in uh, Pillman for ever. So he can maybe get a hope spot. Um, but other than that, absolute destruction. Like, I want to see... Because Brody King's the guy who's going to stand on the apron as Malachi Black does his thing. I don't want to see Malachi Black sell. Um, I generally think this act has enormous potential as a heel tag yeah. team championship unit. So you kind of just want to kill his... Uh, Early nineties throwback geeks in what four minutes? Yeah, if if that anything involving like Julia Hart going to the dark side, I think so. Yeah, um, last week they added the detail that she kind of wanted the baby faces to stop the three on one attack on the heel <laughs> before Brody King came and cleaned that up himself. Um, she was, if you remember, she was kind of on the ropes when I oh, come on, come on, lads, leave it. He's not worth it. Um, it wasn't working, but that she, it was as if she was like, I wouldn't do that. And then obviously Brody King was summoned. The implication being that maybe she knew something much worse was coming their mm. way. Um, I don't mind if they go like full hack drama with this night. House of Black, just ba- uh, what are they called? The Kings of the Black Throne. Is that the name? Oh, I don't. They've got a stupid team. I think Excalibur gave them two. Kings of the Black Throne. Get it? It's <laughs> <laughs> the tag team name, but there's also reference to House of Black, which be, which could be the wider stable name. That, well, that was what I was thinking. You see, House of Black suggests that there is more to come. So I'm assuming that they absolutely batter the Varsity Blondes tonight. Go as daft as your life with it. Have Julie Hart stand behind the Blondes after they've been defeated soundly, and then like peel up the eye patch, double low blow on the blondes, and she just leaves with the House of Black. Doesn't interfere on the House of Black's part because it shouldn't, there's no interference to beat these goobers, but just like turns on them, leaves with them because she's like been like the toxic juice has healed in her eye. Well, the has got an idea. And yeah, here comes a bit. You could have Pack on commentary go, why? I? Because she's patch <laughs> up thoughts. I'm not, I'm not telling it. You are, you could, uh, you've yeah. got Edge's vein coming out on the top of your head. They looked, when they stood next to each other last week, and especially because, like, Brody King was wearing um, the same sort of, like, pleathery, wet-look tights that mm-hmm. Malachi Black was wearing. That treehouse of horror where there's a second bar that eats fish heads <laughs> in the loft. That's what Brody King looked like. Like, Miley Black's just been feeding him fish heads all these years, and he's pissed off at everybody else, and he thinks that Malachi Black's the only person that's been looking after him. Like, they looked... Perfect yeah. together as a tag team, and I think this was a deadly forecast job. I think like I'm like the lowest guy on Malachi Black. But I think we both were like, now nah, this team is going to work. Like when you apply that to rankings and winning in wrestling matches instead of teleporting, I don't think this hat can fail. I think they look absolutely. They instantly looked right the second they were together. Yeah, they look awesome. Anything that gets Malachi Black deeper into the real law that counts. Championship glory in the pursuit of it. In a, <laughs> in Affecting an emula- your emotions. <laughs> in an emulated sporting league. Yes, given titles. Haven't won titles. Mm. I think it's a fair shout as well, then potentially being the next tag champs. You can go and check out that podcast right now. Uh, predicting the next AEW champions is available right now. What Culture Wrestling, wherever you get your podcast from. And let us know your thoughts ahead of AEW tonight on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE. Uh, watch, they can follow all three of us. You can follow Michael Hamflet at Michael Hamflet. Follow Michael Sidgwick at um, Sidgwick. Follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at WhatCultureWWE. And uh, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling, wherever you get your podcast from, for daily wrestling podcasts. 
podcast. Uh, as I mentioned, there's that um, next Champions AEW podcast. Our NXT Duper L review is available right now. And the review of this show will drop into your feed tomorrow as soon as it is released if you subscribe. But for now, this has been the AEW Dynamite preview. My thanks to the Dadly Boys. Thank you for joining us. And we will see you soon. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 